We are concluding our, uh, for seven weeks now, we've been in the series of the art of living. Uh, and you've heard me and some of the other members of the pastoral team stand before you and, and we've, we've given our oratory. Uh, but we wanted to conclude this time of preaching and teaching with a panel discussion. So I will be joined today by three of your family members, three three beloved members of the Heavenly Vision Church. Uh, the first individual that's coming, uh, she is a, a wife, a mother, and a doctor. How she does it, I don't know. Maybe she'll tell us today. Uh, but can we thank God for Dr. Takesha Jackson Rudd. Thank God for her as she comes. This next person is presently in the doctoral program <laughs> at Azusa Pacific University, uh, but somehow she manages to still travel the world. I don't know how she does it. Maybe she'll tell us today. Uh, the next person that is going to join us on our panel is Sister Adrian Hillier. Thank God for her. The next person coming to the stage, I would say, is a connoisseur of all things swag. I don't know too many people that have more swagger than him. I often hang out with him uh, simply just to get some of the swag rubbed off onto me. He's allowed me to go to some of the stores he shops at. I try to smell like him sometimes, try to dress like him, uh, but I, I will never be him. Only he. Only he can be him. So can we thank God for Cornell Jefferson? Let's thank God for him as he comes. <laughs> oh, man. Amen. <laughs> yes, go ahead, brother. Uh, so here's our panel, everybody. Everybody green. All right, good, good, good. So, uh, so we're going to uh, we're going to get started. Um, so our subject matter uh, today, our subject matter today would be uh, living your best life. Okay, uh, not living my best life. I'm going back. No, not 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 that. Not that one. Not little Duvalls. Not little Duvalls. But but from a from a Christian perspective. All right. Yeah, me and my wife, we were going to bump that till we started listening to the end of the song. We were like, wait a minute. This ain't it. <laughs> Turn this off, Karen. This ain't it. <laughs> so so we, we, we're going to talk about uh, just living your best life from, from the perspective of Christ. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus says this uh, to his disciples. Uh, he says, the enemy comes but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He says, but, but uh, adversely, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The first misnomer that we have to break in order to have a, a really good discussion about living, living your best life is that there is nowhere in the scripture that, that postulates the reality that you, have, excuse me, that you have to suffer in order to be saved. There are no scriptures that say that, that you have to be broke 
to be closer to God. I know some very wealthy people that love Jesus. I, I know some people that are not depressed and that really are living the life that God has called them to live. So we, we want to we break this misnomer that you, you got to suffer and you got to be going through and, you know, you got to be on the rough side of the mountain to be saved, you know. And we thank God for all them songs. They got us over. Amen. Uh, and not to say that there are not seasons of suffering that we have to go through. But we learned this last week that even the seasons of the suffering are we're made to go through them, not to pitch a tent and stay there. Um, we, we learn even from 2 Kings chapter 4, the, the Shudamite woman. Uh, who, who after she is loving and honoring the man of God, he prophesies over her and he says, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. Uh, the Bible says she has the son and the son grows. And, and while he is serving in the field with his father, gets a headache, goes into the house with his mom, and he dies there. She had a choice. She could have planned a funeral, but instead of planning a funeral, she planned a trip. She went, found the man of God, and she sought him for a resolution. My question is, how many times have you let stay dead the very things that God has put in your life? If God has intended for us to have life, I believe we ought to pursue it. We already know the enemy and even haters are going to try to impede and hinder and maybe even snuff out the life that God has given you. But you have to be vigilant. You have to be vigilant at guarding, protecting, and advancing the life that God has called you to live. Uh, nobody else is going to bring forth your destiny if you don't. I do believe he'll put us in the position with destiny partners, with people that will join us and help us become everything that God wants us to be, but nobody is going to champion you more than you. You ought to, more to want to win more than people want you to win. Amen, somebody. If you're the only one, uh, or if everybody else around you is positioning you to win, and you still like you don't know, you're going to stay right there. So what we want to do today, we're going to talk to these amazing people. That was my whole spiel. That was my, introductory, uh, my introduction to this conversation. And so we have these beautiful people here. And so I got a couple of questions I'm going to start with. Here's the first question for you brilliant people of God. How would you define living your best life or having, as the scripture says, an abundant life? How would you, how would you define that? Or you want to defer to the ladies? Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. So my personal definition of abundance um, is I actually did not even utilize that word until last year because wow. I started to surround myself around other abundant people. And so when I had a better understanding of what abundant meant, it went beyond to me materialistic goods. It went more towards waking up every morning with intent, knowing exactly how to execute my day as far as moving toward a certain goal. And my goals could be materials. They can be how I want to um, raise my kids, how I want to be a better wife. But it was more so just me getting an understanding of what it is that God put me on this place on earth to be able to do and execute. And so I learned how to go away from things like, I mean, I love it, but I go away from focusing just on money, but focusing and chasing my passion. And so when I chase my passion, it shows, and then God rewards me through abundance of various levels. So that's my definition. Good. That's good. That's good. Adrian? Um, one of the things that I thought about was living on purpose, kind of like what Dr. TK was saying. But I think not, 
living on purpose is just not like, oh, I'm going to go to work today. I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do that today. But actually, what is my purpose? What did God place me here for? And living in that purpose, not just going through the motions. So I think living abundantly has to do with living on purpose. That's good. That's good. Cornell. <laughs> I guess I'll say something a little different, but maybe not. Wouldn't be touched on it. Maybe serendipity. So, serendipity. Put that in your uh, definition right now. Get that. No, go ahead. But no, in life we uh, sometimes we uh, you know when you're younger, growing as a child or whatever, your parents give you direction on the way. But uh, when you become an adult, whatever the road sends you, it pulls in different directions. So sometimes you have to be open and get pulled in directions to reap uh, some of the benefits or the grace that. So walk through doors and be um, be diligent, but still be willing and open to new things and new places, new people, uh, new teachings, and learn. I like that, man. I like that. I might, you know, because so, you know, we, we live in a day and age where, you know, we're so programmed, right? You know, we, we, you know, this is where I'm going. I'm going here today. I'm going the other day. I'm going this today. Uh, you know, you know, we got Yelp. We got all kind of stuff to say, okay, listen, this is what it's going to be. How about you just get up and go and let the spirit lead and, and, and allow, a, a, allow yourself to live in a, in a serendipitous <laughs> mindset to, to that. I'm open to what, what will come my way today. I like that. I, 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 I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, here, here's the next question. This, 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 this may be a little harder. Um, what would you say are the biggest obstacles to living uh, such a life? And then, if possible, uh, talk to us about how can you overcome some of those obstacles? Some of the obstacles to living that life, and then uh, what do you do to overcome it? For me, I think the number one biggest obstacle is yourself, yourself and your mindset. Wow. You know, we, as, like Cordell, Cornell was saying, like, as, children you get placed scripts or your parents or people around you tell you oh you're this oh you fast oh you xyz and then we adopt those they may or may not be true and we adopt those and then we hold on to them for the rest of our lives and so getting to a place of saying is this God's truth is this what God says I am is this what God says I'm supposed to be or is this what someone else said and so trying to challenge some of those things that are in our mind to prevent us from being who God called us to be. So you would say the, the way to overcome that is really just challenging them. Challenging them, having people around you that can challenge those beliefs, whether it's a counselor, a leader. Is that really what you're supposed to be doing? Is that really what God called you to do? Yeah, I, I like that. I want to just push in that just for a moment and we'll, we'll get to you too. Um, how... How do we accept that, that healthy contention without feeling like, you know, we're, you know, because we're in this don't come for me culture? Like, you know, we're, we're made to where whatever I want to do, whatever I, you know, especially living in a generation of relative truth, um, how, how, do we, how do we learn how to accept that healthy contention without feeling like we're being come for? Anybody? 
I think, I'm gonna just speak from my own experience. I think first having people around you that you trust, right? Okay. Not having people that you have fun with only, that are your family only, but having people that you can say, no, that's true. We know truth when we hear truth, right? We all say we know truth and it speaks to us. We know truth. So having people around you that can speak truth and then being, being an adult and saying, you right. <laughs> I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have went there. You right. Some responsibility. I'll speak to Martha, like in addition to what Adrian said, like sir, I've used circles of influence a lot. And so when you grow up um, and then you find yourself hanging around certain types of people, you want to check yourself with who you hang around because typically birds of a feather flock together. We've heard of that before. And it holds to be true even no matter how, you know, how high you get in your profession with money, it doesn't matter. Whoever you surround yourself around, you're actually going to go as high as the highest person in your group. So one um, activity that I like to do even with people that come just to meet me to see what I'm about is I'll ask them, you know, count the closest seven to ten people around you minus children. And I want you, because most of us, if we're close to people around us, even if we don't talk to them daily, for example, monetary, we know how much money they make. We know what they do for a living. We know what they do for fun out in public and behind closed doors. And so I tell people, like with monetary, add up how much money they make. Everybody should know, I hope, how to do an average of a number. So when you look at that seven to 10 people and look at how much money they make, I want you to average it out because that's the cap to how high you're gonna go. So if you have a mindset like, oh, I wanna do this, I wanna do that, but then you're still hanging around the same type of people, you can't expect to step outside that zone because they're not going to pour into you the way that they're supposed to because they probably don't know how. So you need to find somebody else, all right? <laughs> that, that's, that's powerful, that's powerful. Um, I would say an obstacle for me would be learning how to live beyond your own mistakes. Because many times, uh, I know at least for myself, and I don't know if anybody else can resonate with this, but most of the time, we're the harshest judges of ourselves. You know, we're, you know unless, unless you're just shysty and shady, you know what I mean? You don't even see your wrong to somebody say, you did wrong, I did? I didn't even see that red light. Like, you know, like, like no, mo most of the time we know exactly what we did. It, it's, it's embedded in us. We feel remorse about it, especially if Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. We already know we did wrong. We, we, we didn't already dealt, dealt with, with all of those things. But when it comes to, and I like how you spoke about uh, being in such a long relationship and then that going to an end, uh, even to the matter of divorce, being able to entertain marriage again. Um, you know, entertain it. You know, just entertain it. Like, <laughs> Do I even want to Come do this here, again? Right. Come on, that divorce proceeding took me out. You know, so being able to overcome our own mistakes, uh, that, that's, that's really hard to do. Um, one, one of the ways I would say that, that we can get over that is to realize, one, and I, and I will just make this the single point, that it's what you did, but it's not who you are. You have to know that. You have to know that there is a capacity for correctness. There is a capacity in you for success. There is a capacity in you for excellence. You have that capacity. If for no other reason, because the Holy Spirit is in you. For no other reason, because your mama ain't raised no food. You know what I mean? Like, you you got to understand that you have the capacity to succeed. The, 
the absence or the presence of failure does not override the possibility of success. I'm going to say that again in case you wanted to tweet it. The presence of failure does not override the possibility of success. So you have to know that beyond what happened here, greater can happen. You got to know that. And you have to forgive yourself. That was stupid, James. You're right, James. We got to do better next time, James. You're right, James. We're going to do this. You're right, James. Let's get it done. Uh, if you don't talk to yourself, I promise you, the voices around you will win. If you do not talk to you, everything else that social media is telling you, everything that your, your well-intended mother and grandmother and friends and folk that didn't like him anyway, all of that stuff that, that, that will speak to you because your voice, ultimately the Holy Spirit is not ruling out. So you want you want to you want to overcome that by recognizing that you can. It's a big obstacle. Yeah. So 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 let's lighten up a little bit. Let's let's. What are some? Because you all, all three of you are some just you just some well put together people. You know you 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 you, you look good. You, you act good. I don't, does it, anybody, is there anybody in this room that remember my grandfather, Pastor Joseph Lee Jr., that you actually met him? All six of you. God bless you. Okay. <laughs> Got a room of people. They're like, uh, only six of us met him. Amen. We love him, though. We love his memory. Uh, Pastor Lee would always say, uh, you, ought to, you ought to look good, smell good, and be good. <laughs> I kid you not. That's exactly what he said. And so, uh, so y'all look good. You, you act good. You smell good. And so, yeah, y'all smell good. Y'all smell good. You know, gotta let me know what that is. Right okay. <laughs> you know, like dudes be—they be holding on to their cologne, don't they? Like, man, what's that? Mm, oh, you know, just a little something I picked up. You know, just a little something I picked up. You know, I can't. You know, I can't let you know what that is. But uh, give us some life hacks. Some something that you that you can apply. Just some things. Some some things are deeper, and I know something that we've already shared. You know, it, it, it'll, it's almost procedural, systematic, but what are some life hacks, some stuff that we can, like, start doing on Monday that can alter uh, our standard of living, can alter, you know, our way of life? Um, kind of going off of what Dr. TK said is stop using other people's dreams as your Pinterest or your vision board. And, and right? So just go with me. So, yes. I can see somebody with a 20-inch, you know, Brazilian weave, and I've done it. But for my life right now, blonde natural got to work. I have five minutes in the morning, put a little juices and berries in it, and go on my day. So, so it's great, right? Sis, you bomb. But stop using that as that's your only level of beauty. That's your only level of success. That's your only level of filling the blank. You can admire it, it can be great, but what is it that your life needs? What is it that fits into your purpose? Stop using other people as, oh, this is the only level of success. We talked about this yesterday, saying that, oh, I have to get the bins, and I gotta get the house, and I gotta get the this, and I gotta get the that, and then I'm successful. Maybe that's not your success. Maybe that's not what's gonna bring you happiness and joy and purpose. So what is it for your life that you need? That's good, that's good. Doctor? Thought too, um, one of the biggest ones for me is mentorship. And so just surrounding yourself around good people, whether it's on your level, but ideally too, if you want to reach those higher levels, 
then you should actually seek out people who are about five to seven steps ahead of you. Mm -hmm. um, so surround yourself around somebody who you can actually, they can help up-level you. Um, and then you gotta keep chasing them because they keep moving past you, okay? Um, and then the second one is know your why. And so this one has been a big um, breaker for me over the last, again, year. It's just knowing my why because every season of your life, your why may change. So at one point, you know, my why was just to get through school because I'm tired, you know? And then another why would be, I need to get this house. And then another why was like, I like the material goods, so let me make sure I'm popping. But now I'm out of that season. As long as it could last, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to know what I wear. I know what I wear, that's all that matters. You know, but now I'm in a season more for longevity. What's in the plans for me and my family, for my children, being able to plan, you know, still fun family vacations, but also setting stuff like a legacy aside for my kids. And so everything that I do current day is in the mindset of making sure that they're okay because at any given time I could be gone. And so. It's, it's, good, it's good life, man. And I, I think you refer to your notes, man. So you know you got to. I was actually discussing a few of them on the way here. Wow. But, uh, but one I want to start with is read. Reading. Come on. Read. Read as much <laughs> as you can. Read books, read people, read everybody around you, read the signs around I'm reading you right now. Read people. You gotta be a a phenomenal reader, reader. So it's like TK said, is um, referencing to making it to where you want to be the four or five, four people you're around, you'll be the fifth millionaire or whatever. So same thing, you want to be able to read these people so you can know who to be led by or like this man. You know, you got to be able to uh, have discernment to everything around you. So reading. Now another one for the youth would be something I shared with my niece years ago and she applied it, I see. But um, as far as schooling, you know, a lot of us, we worry about college or as far as financing. We feel like we can't go to four years from our community. Uh, a good life hack is to go to junior college. Get your general education out of the way. Junior college is very cheap. Well, inexpensive uh, compared to four-year college or university. So that's a great life hack. Um, uh, for the youth, taking college classes in high school, mm -hmm. doing summer school in high school, get you to graduation faster and in a lighter capacity. So <laughs> that's good. a great life hack. I love that, man. That, listen, take notes. Do that. I'm, I'm read people. Something for the youth and the adults. <laughs> yeah. no, I really like that. Read people. Like just. Right. How you doing? Just, just like reading. You know, Sometimes when I speak to y'all, I'm reading. But. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, yeah, those are reads of people. Uh, here, here's here's uh, just a big one that I have. Um, begin to live, uh, live your life with margin. Live your life with margin. Everybody's seen, you know, we've seen a piece of paper or, uh, you know, the line paper or even if we print, you know, if we type in a word processor, there's a certain amount of margin on the side of the paper. That is space you need. You need margins in your life. You need margins in your life. You cannot, you cannot live your life all the way to the edge. You cannot live your life all the way to the edge. So you need to set margins in your life. Set margins in your day. God, this is what the Bible calls margins, Sabbath. God says, I'm going to work six days, and on the seventh, I'm going to chill. Now, the Bible says he never slumbers nor sleeps. But even in his divineness, he still sets margins. 
And so every one of us, we need to have those margins. We need to have that time of Sabbath, that time to come away from the normal uh, uh, monotony of life. Or even if your life is just popping and exciting, you still need to chill. You still need to sit down and rest yourself. Uh, one of the ways to, to really concretize and mount your margins and your Sabbath is by learning the ministry. Hallelujah. Oh, let me, oh, listen, you got to learn the ministry of no. I felt it in my spirit. That's right. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You better learn how to say no. If it does not fit within the margins, know how to say no. Listen, you typing on that page, there's going to be a there's going to be what's called a page break. Right. Come on here. If your paper can't hold everything, neither can your life. So you will need to learn how to create margins, learn how to take that time of Sabbath, and learn how to say no. You're not being mean. Here's something I've learned. If you don't, somebody else will. Now, we always look at that in a negative connotation. Like, girl, you better do such and such, because if you don't, it's another woman that will. Well, what if what he asked you to do was ratchet and trifling? So you're, you're going you're to diminish your character and your personhood to, to you know, berate yourself, to appease somebody that probably shouldn't be in your life anyway? Right. You better learn the power of your no. Here's what I love about no's. No's let me know who's really in my life. Because there are some people that are only in your life as long as you've given them a yes. But the moment you say no, now I, now I know how you really feel. Because right, right. you're about it, people, you be like, no. Oh, okay, cool. I understand. <laughs> I, I was going to try, though. I thought, you know, I was going to try. I was going to try. I'll see you next week. Now, they might ask again. <laughs> but at least, at least you know where, where we all stand. And so, so learn how to say no. Even, listen, even to the most closest, even to the loved ones, you know, you are, you are no less of a brother, no less of a sister, no less of a loved one if you say no sometimes. If you're not available, you're not available. Right? Husbands, God is first. Your, your wife is second. Everybody else, they can find an order. Get in line. Uh, Y'all think I'm lying. I will tell my kids right now, y'all leaving, she's staying. Keon proved me right already. That brother be gone. He'll come in, listen, he'll come in on Friday night and be like, all right, Dad, I see you. That brother be gone. I told him, I told him he's leaving. And the other three that are still there, I'm like, listen, you know, all the other four, like, listen, y'all, okay, y'all here, but y'all gonna leave after a while. Amen. Amen. Tabitha can't leave till she get a really good man. Amen. I need to, he got to have really, he got to be ready. <laughs> you, know, you look thirty. No, no, no. But seriously, um, you 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 ha you have to know how to say just just say no. Know the standard, know the order, and if it don't fit, don't force it. Don't force it. The number's up on the screen now, or it should it should be going up on the screen now? And uh, we're willing to take your questions. We are open. We are willing to take your questions. Do not be scared. Send them, 
and, uh, and, and we're, we're going to answer those questions right now as they come in. But as we're waiting for questions, um, let's, let's, let's dig into this a little bit. How do we, uh, as, as, a, as a people, as a culture, how do, we, how do we redefine within our cultural construct what success is without, without having to acquiesce to, to the dominant culture? or to, to the external culture. And we can say even as African Americans, or even as believers, even as Christians, how, how, how do we manage our space of success without, without having to acquiesce to, to what culture says is success? Kind of piggyback off what I was mentioning earlier Please. as far as my why. I mean, like in different seasons, typically we go toward things as far as levels of success because of what we're taught or what we see. Um, but as we get older and we ideally mature, because not everybody matures at the same level, okay? And chronological age does not equal maturity, all right? <laughs> so as we mature over time, or as I've matured over time, I've realized that there are certain things that I deem as success that maybe the people around me don't deem as success, and I have to be comfortable with my own definition of what success means. Also, what that means to me is that I cannot be scared of success. So as far as like me setting up boundaries, I have to be able to take some risk at times, which I'm still doing today, taking some risks to say, you know what, that's what I want, that's what I want for my family, that's what I want for my career, that's what I want for a new trip. So <laughs> these are things that I need to do in order to make those things happen, and people are going to be pouring into me in a positive way or negative way. Mm. I just need to learn who I should be entertaining and who I should keep afar or at a distance. And I've learned how to um, put people or situations in different pockets and I only go toward those people when I need them. But if you're not pouring into me mentally, spiritually, and or physically during that moment that I need you, then I need you to stay far in your pocket, in your lane. Yeah. Stay where you at. <laughs> Questions are coming in already. Uh, does your environment truly have an impact on your life? Or does your desire to elevate trump your environment? That's me. That's me. <laughs> go, 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 go. No, your uh, town go. Mindset definitely <laughs> outweighs the the surroundings. Because um, me, I grew up in the, it wasn't a great situation. It wasn't a bad situation. But um, depending on the person being in a situation, it can seem more worse than better. Or mm -hmm. in some people's lives, it may have been better. But um, I I can say that. I overcame a lot of obstacles, and I believed in myself. I believed in God first. There you go. So I knew that I can do anything I put my mind to. My mind to. So, yes, I believe you can. The, the circumstance doesn't outweigh the desire. There it is. So you got you gotta have you gotta have a view though. Mm -hmm. Look at something. You gotta have something to look at. Most All right. You gotta have something to look. You gotta go beyond that brick wall. You gotta have something to look at. You gotta have a vision for your life. Got to have a vision for your life. I like that. How do you deal with self when you're always hard on yourself or you feel like uh, you're always in competition? Don't be in competition. <laughs> Don't be. <laughs> I like that. Don't be gotta, in competition. You gotta know yourself. So that's a part of being successful. When you know yourself, you can success is what you make it. Life is what you make it. So success is different for, for us all. But don't be in competition. Be in competition with yourself. Right. For sure. <laughs> you, 
you, you, you, your opposer. <laughs> Did you have something you wanted to add to that? There is this quote that says, comparison is the theft, the thief of joy. So wow. if I look at somebody and I look at TK, I'm like, oh, she bomb. She got this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. That's great for TK, right? That doesn't take away how awesome she is. And I can mimic some of her actions because I'm going to be a psychologist, but I can't compare. I haven't lived TK's life. I don't have TK's parents. I don't have TK's husband. I have to live my life. I can still, she can still mentor me. Bishop can mentor me. But my path is my path. And you have to understand that God made each and every one of us unique. We have different thumbprints. We have different DNA. Even identical twins, they can say, okay, it's very similar, but there's still a difference. Don't compare yourself to nobody. You're unique and amazing and beautiful and handsome and intelligent all on your own. Amen. On your own. I like this. Amen. And, and I want to I just insert this as we continue to go um, to, to the mentorship piece. Uh, please understand this. Um, mentors are for spheres of life. So uh, if, if you want to go into law, I can't be your mentor. Oh, Bishop, I love you, Bishop. I mean, you, you're such a great guy. Can you mentor me in my law career? No, because I'm not a lawyer. I got a couple of friends, though, I can refer you to. So please understand that the people that you bring around your life, they should be experts in where you want to go. Not that they're just, they're just successful people. Uh, you, you, you need to have people that will help and, and align you with where you want to go. And so you should have probably more than one mentor. Right. You should have multiple people pouring into your life. Multiple streams. That makes sense? Absolutely. Amen. Uh, here, here's another one. How do you go on with everyday life or uh, more or less continue uh, with the art of living when depression is playing a major role in your life? Well, I'll um, address that. So, Since you asked. Right. Right? <laughs> so I'll give you the clinical side and then I'll give you just the real raw side. So the clinical side, it, well, actually they blend. Uh, because a lot of it has to do with support systems. And so one of the things that a lot of people that I treat, um, one of the uh, obstacles that they run into is that they have no support systems. Mm -hmm. And so my goal is to, yes, create a support system within our little therapy session, but my goal is not to be your therapist for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so my goal is as a mentor and as a clinician to be able to link you with mentors or appropriate people that could broaden your horizons to help you understand that, you know, your depression is only temporary. Depression is not permanent. What makes depression permanent is your mindset. Correct. And so if anything, I'll go back to what Adrian said in the beginning of this whole talk is you have to do a full-blown self-assessment. And the problem is a lot of people don't want to do a self-assessment because we don't want to look at ourselves in the mirror. But if you look at yourself in the mirror, you'll quickly see what's wrong because you see it every day. Other people are pointed out to you, but you don't want to see it. But then when you allow yourself and open up that door to soak in what you need to change, then, like I tell my clients, that's actually when therapy starts to work. Initially, it's more denial, and then some people are on the fence like, oh, I don't know if I want to change, but I know I'm depressed, or I know I'm angry, but I'm not sure. It's not until people get to that third stage of what we call stages of change, which is, hi, I want to change. Please help me. Right. Please give me some tools. And then it's a free-for-all. But those first two stages, I can't do much because a lot of the work is more inner work. I can give you as many tools as possible but if you do not leave my door and implement the tools, it's, it doesn't mean nothing. Wow. And so. 
Oh, man, that's, that's good. I, I, I Can I just that. say one thing, too? Go ahead. And I'm glad that they mentioned depression because I think we as a culture, as an African-American culture and as a church culture, we tend to shy away and we say, oh, you ain't depressed, girl. You need to pray. You, need, you ain't got enough faith. You need to do this. Mental health is a real thing. It's a real thing. So if someone says that they are depressed, seek help, seek counsel, seek counselors that can help you. Maybe you need medication for, for six months to get up, to come out of bed, go outside, whatever it is. It's, there's no shame mm -hmm. That's good. in trying to be better and trying to get over this. And it's temporary. So get help to help you get to where you need to be. Amen. Amen. I, I appreciate that. Let me just insert this. Uh, uh, Adrian, uh, I thank God for her, even, even as she was uh, pursuing uh, finishing up her master's, uh, she, she was one of the first people that challenged me about self-care. Uh, even, even before we got to the place where we have uh, a, a pastoral team as large as it is now, uh, there, there was a lot that I just took on all by myself, all by myself. And she and, you know, uh, I thank God for my wife, uh, you know, just saying, hey, you, need, you, you probably need to leave. You probably need to leave for a couple of weeks, and you probably need to unplug. Because you know how we do, we just gonna run and we're gonna go and we're gonna be, you know what I mean? And and then we just, you know, get get depressed or have a heart attack or have a stroke, you know. Like, you know, just like good Christians, you know. I'm just gonna die in this, you know what I mean? Suffer for my savior. Like, no, that's that's not the will of God. And so she had to sit me down and say, Hey, have you ever heard of self-care? Like, what is that? You know, is that on the battlefield? Like, no, like no. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I ain't got time to do, you know. I deny self, take up my cross, follow him, you know? But I had to get to the place where I acknowledge that I, I probably need some care. I probably need some care, so I thank God for that. Uh, here's another one. How do you balance your family life uh, and still follow your desires or goals or dreams? For, some insta for instance, some people use their kids as excuses uh, in, in, instead of for motivation. So how do, you, how do you balance that and not use use what we're, where we are as an excuse, but as a motivation to move mm -hmm. forward. Um, what? Okay. This a little, okay, so I have a different type of mindset. And I think that that's developed over time, but I have, you know, what we call a hustler or go-getter mindset. And so I think a lot of that has to do with modeling. Um, even if I've, I've been over a lot of obstacles, even in the last, I'm gonna say 24 months, okay, a lot. Um, but at the same time, what I constantly think about is what was modeled to me. My mom being a single parent, she always had two jobs. She always held it down. I didn't know until I was 25 we got government chief. I didn't know that we were on Section 8 because she painted a picture that no matter what our financial situation was wow. like, you are going to have this particular type of lifestyle no matter, you know, who's in the picture and who's not in the picture. And so she, when I even look up to one or two generations up, she also learned how to utilize other resources around her. So I think a lot of people, the reason why we do not reach our level of success is because we are doing the whole woe is me, nobody wants to help me, when a lot of people want to help you and they're sitting there right in your face with a big old red flag. But again, I'll go back to my last statement a couple of minutes ago, a lot of people are scared of what that other side looks like mm -hmm. because you don't, you don't know what it feels like. And some people are scared to fail. Right. And so it's a lot easier just to fall back and say, no, you know, I got to take care of my kids tonight, I can't study. No, I can't do that because I can't go to college because I got to do this. No, you can. Mm -hmm. Colleges actually have daycares for free. There's something called financial aid. There's something called friends, family, or other support systems. Yeah. But a lot of people don't want to look at any of that. They just want to look at maybe their mindset. 
and they fall back into a failure mindset. You got to change the mindset. Got to change the mindset. Here's a heavy one, y'all. Uh, as African Americans, what do we have to do to become united? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a lecture series. Hey, no, hey, no. <laughs> Point A. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, I, I would say, I would say, just 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 as a just as a preface to the broader conversation, I would say we 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 have to uh, we have to abandon uh, the less than mindset because as long as we have a less than mindset, we we will not view if we view ourselves as less than enough then we're going to view everybody else that looks like us as less than enough. And so we will not honor one another because we don't honor ourselves. So I think if we, if we begin to embrace a culture of honor, if we begin to look at ourselves like kings and queens, and we honor each other, and we become united in whatever we want to do, I think that will, that will start the narrative. And it, it's going to take a lot. But I think it starts there. When we look at each other, oh, look at this joker. Uh, this girl ain't about nothing. So I say judgment is in there. Uh oh. Gotta, gotta let go of the judgment against one another. Judge not. Yeah. There you go. Judge not. Let's replace you, it with love. Listen, we gotta replace it with love. I love that. Can I mention something about judgment? Yes. Um, so, in, like, when I talk about cultural diversity a lot with my students, I usually tell them, you know, raise your hands if you say that you never pass judgment on people. And whoever does raise their hand, they need to go step outside in the hallway because that's not accurate. Um, my concern is not necessarily judgments because only because we're human and your mind is going to automatically do it. The problem with judgments is what you tend to do with your judgments. So when you act upon your judgments, that's when it's to me personally more negative because we're going to have judgments. You got about 5,000 on average thoughts running through your head a day. You can't control what goes in and out, but you can control how you ruminate on it and then you ruminate on it and then it turns into a behavior that turns into a pattern. Wow. So. Wow. We got a couple more questions and and whatever we don't get to now, uh, we'll answer it offline. But this is, this is, this is a powerful one. Uh, when I start my day, uh, I have a problem, is, I have a problem uh, with what direction I should go for that day. I feel like I'm in the same place every day. What should I do? How should I get out of this rut? Open one of those doors that you haven't went through before. Go, uh, challenge yourself to go outside of your norm. Live. Because, um, like, going, it's like a journey, life is a journey. So, when you go through different doors and go through uh, different obstacles in life, you come to a point where you have learned something and you have grown. So, if you feel like you're stuck in a place, you need to grow. So, I would say go outside of your, your norm. I actually, um, know what that feels like. Um, before I started my, my first master's, I was working at a job. I was there for 12 years, making great money. But every day I would come into work and be like, why am I here? Like, and you getting paid. And I'm getting paid. And I'm good at, like, I'm getting paid because I'm good at what I do. Hard work, right? I got the ethic, hustle, doing it. But like, this, what? Is this what life is? Just get up, wow. go to work. Is this? And it just bothered me for months on months on months. And so I didn't know what to do. So I went to my father. I fasted for two weeks. 
And I just turned off the TV. I read my word. I said, God, I know this is not the life you want me to lead. This doesn't even, it's not even fulfilling. I know this can't be it. And that's when I heard the word counsel. And I'm like, counsel? What does that mean? So that's the word he put in my spirit over six years ago. Start Googling, like, okay, well, what do I need to do to be a counselor? Well, you got to go back to school, fam. Like, oh, <laughs> just I would say seek, seek, seek your father. Your father made you. He knows what you're made for. Yes. Seek him and say, God, I want to, I want to live for what you, what you purposed already. In, it's already in you. I want to live for what you purposed in me. Seek him and get direction. Absolutely, absolutely, amen. This, this is a heavy one. We got about one more, and then we'll, we'll close up. Um, how is the rise of marijuana stores, drugs, and self-medicating? Uh, how has it affected the chances of people living well in an already hostile or heavy environment? Well, I definitely think all of those are obstacles um, that keep us down. Um, I'll give you just actually an example so it can just hit home a little bit more. Um, I was working with a young lady. She, very articulate, very smart. She's taking her test to go to law school. Um, and she told me, she felt like she slipped up because I feel like clients don't feel like they can keep a real in session, um, especially if they <laughs> present themselves in a certain way. And so she slipped up, per se, and told me that, you know, oh, I, I went out with my friends this weekend, went to the bar, and I smoked weed. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, how did that work out for you? Because this is also a young lady that has come to me saying that she feels stuck, she has family conflict, and she used the word depressed. And so I asked her, you know, what is weed? Like, do you know what weed is? It is an upper or a downer. And she was like, oh, it's a downer. I said, and what is depression? She was like, a downer. And I just let her sit there, like in that moment, so the light bulb can go off. And I said, how do you expect to make it to your next level in your career, in your current job, and um, just in your life? with you allowing things to be poured inside of you that are continue gonna, you know, gonna continue to put you down. And so you're smart enough to know, because you were very conscious to make the decision to say, I'm gonna smoke, but then you also know every day, because you come in here and talk to me about it over and over again, that this is a problem for you. So it's not matching. And so again, it, to me, it always goes back to mindset. What it is that you really, really want in life, and some people don't know that. So what I'll say in last is, this is something that I learned from my coach because I have a coach as well, is she challenged us every single month to write 100 and what goes down. And I remember when me and my husband, Kenas went to the conference in Florida too this year, but in the journal, I had a hard time coming up with 101 goals. And what she told us is, I think I got to like number 20. I'm like, that's it, I'm good. And she was <laughs> like, if you can't go to 101, then you've lost your capability to dream. And I was like, oh. And so she said, imagine being a little girl. When I used to play Barbies, what were my dreams? I would have a five-story house. I would have all these things. But somehow when I became an adult, I lost track of that. So she said, go back to that mindset. And then whatever those goals are, then wake up each morning with the intent to smash those goals. And so that's what I've been doing the last year. So I would encourage you to do the same. Everything is doable if you want it bad enough. Dr. Eric Thomas, if you want to look him up on motivational interviewing, YouTube. You, you can, you can, uh, you, you, you are, you have the ability, as the scripture says, to do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. Leads us to our last question, and, and we'll have some more that we'll probably answer offline. Uh, if I'm trying to uh, live my best life, and I am aligning my life to the will of God, can the sins of those I am in relationship with affect my ability to be blessed? Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yes. Yes. Yes. Yes. No. But here, here's what the scripture says. Uh, so, so, uh, so Israel, Israel is getting ready to fight. Uh, the king is consecrating himself. The people are consecrating themselves. But there are few in the camp that have decided to defile themselves and have decided to go contrary to the will of God. And so because the, the corporate body of Israel, they've been fasting, they've been consecrating, they're, they're, they're sharpening their swords, they, they, they've been angled their bows, they're ready to go, and they go out to fight the adversary, and they lose horribly. People die, they lose goods, and the king and the, and the, and the, the, the mighty men, they come back and they're like, what happened? We were ready. We sought Yahweh. We prayed at the ark. Everything was good. And the Lord spoke to the prophet and, and let the king know that there was sin in the camp. And because there was sin in the camp, the corporate man did not see victory. And so I want, I want, to, I want to give you the, the permission and I want to deputize you and give you the authority to check your circle. Check your circle. I'm not saying it should be a celestial circle, you know, and everybody has to be perfect. And if they sneeze and don't say God bless you, they out. Uh, what I am saying is that everybody should be angled toward the sovereign. Everybody should have the position of striving to live the life that God has called them to live, to go toward the Father. That's the, that's the direction that we should go in. There are some people in your, in your circle that have no desire to live for God. You know it. There's some people in that circle that's like, uh, I'm good. Living my best life. Right? <laughs> exactly. And they, and they have no intention of denying self and pursuing Christ so that they will know what his desire is for their life. So, so assess, your, assess your circle. Find out who is and who is not and deal with that. Hey, listen, I love you, family. I'm, we together. But I'll see you at Thanksgiving. I'll see you on Christmas. I promise I'll have you a good gift on your birthday. But you cannot be a part of my daily decision-making, my daily life advancement. And be okay with that. Be okay with that. Some people are meant to be in your life continually, and some people are meant to be in your life seasonally, and some people were never meant to be in your life at all. And you have to be okay with discerning who's who. Because there are a lot of people that we're comfortable with that are not comfortable with our destiny. Final words. We'll, we'll go this way. TK? I'll, go, I'll just sum up what I've talked about um, earlier. I um, believe that everybody should know their why and just understand that your why is going to change every season of life that you're in. Um, surround yourself around good people because you should not be the highest earner or smartest person in your group. You need to level that up. Um, and then just be open to more so just listen to God. Like wake up in the morning intentionally. This kind of goes back to some of the questions. Wake up intentionally with a question to ask God, whether it's the questions that were text or something else, but actually give yourself, yourself room to actually wait for the answer. And it may not be the answer that you want, but it's the answer that he has for you during the season. So take it and apply it. Amen. 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 Um, I have a few. Uh, I wrote them down because I'll forget. Seek God for your purpose, which we just talked about, and then follow it with all your strength. Uh, Few things compared to hard work. So don't say you want something, but you don't want to work for it. Somebody asked the question about going to school, and it's hard work. 
But if you want it, you're going to do it. Um, be committed to something. Don't you hate those people that be like, oh, I don't go with him no more. Or I don't work there no more. Or I don't do that no more. You're like, well, be committed what to something. What do you do? <laughs> what are you committed to? Be committed to something. Okay, so yes, seek God first. But then after, then also seek yourself, though. You should know yourself before you can know anybody else. You should know yourself very well. And a lot of times we get upset when people tell us about ourselves or, you know, they have judgment or whatever. But if you knew yourself better than them, then what could they say about you? So also be a leader. Yes. At all times. At all times. Sometimes we might want to follow somebody, but seek him, pray, and figure it out. And a lot of times you'll learn that you should be the leader. Um, also... Don't do anything in life that you uh, can't live with, that you can't speak about. That has to be a secret. So, yeah, that, I'm gonna leave y'all with that. Don't do, don't do anything you can't speak to somebody about that you have to hide in secret. So, so if I can't speak about it in public, I shouldn't be doing it in private. Doing. That's that's the easy way to discern if you should be doing it or not. It's that simple. And with that, <laughs> and with that, can we thank God for these panelists today? Can we thank God for these men? Come on, let's give them some love. We appreciate them. There, there are a couple of more questions, uh, and we'll, we'll get with them uh, after, afterwards, and, and, and uh, we'll take a quick video, and we'll post them up on social media. Uh, so, so that so that you can have the answer to those questions. Again, let's thank God for them. Let's appreciate them. Um.